Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Apostolic Taboo. This is the week where we do our Bible study. So we hope you enjoy this week's episode of A Kingdom of Misfits, written by Bailey Romans, which you can buy off of Amazon.com. Look up A Kingdom of Misfits, giving you every reason why God can and will use you by Bailey Romans, or click the link in our link tree below. Can't wait for this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Apostolic Taboo, where we do our study. This week, we are doing A Kingdom of Misfits again. We are on Lesson 8, A Misfit That Shapes the Church, or Paul. So if you have your book, go ahead and grab it, and let's get started. Saul of Tarsus, descendant of the tribe of Benjamin. Saul, later known as Paul, will be the last misfit that we delve into. As a young man, Saul studied in Jerusalem. He was there for eight years and later returned to his hometown of Tarsus. His family was Jewish and held strong beliefs about the coming Messiah. They believed that the Messiah would come as a great militaristic leader who would conquer Rome and all who opposed the Jews. They thought the Messiah would come as a lawkeeper and punish all the wicked, both Gentile and Jew-like. Saul returns to Jerusalem and hears talk of a man named Jesus who fulfilled prophecy, died on a cross, and resurrected. Because of the Jews' expectation of the Messiah, a lot of them, including Saul, did not react to this news very well. Saul, being blinded by tradition, refuses to believe the message of Jesus. Stephen is captured by the Sanhedrin council. They falsely accuse him and Stephen begins to speak. He basically gives a history lesson on what has been going on and ends his speech with Acts 7, 51-53. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did. So do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels, and have kept it, have not kept it. When they heard what Stephen said, they were very angry, and cast him out of the city and stoned him in Acts 7, 57 through 58. We aren't sure why Saul was there, but the council members laid down their robes at his feet, and the last thing we heard Stephen say was, Lay not this sin to their charge in Acts 7.16. What did Saul think about all of this that just happened right in front of his eyes? Acts 8.1 says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. Saul didn't think this Jesus was the Messiah, and he started doing what the Jews and the Sanhedrin council did. In Acts 8.3, it says, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Saul is an angry man, and he just witnessed a man be murdered and has no feelings of guilt or sadness. The same man they just stoned forgives his murderers as he is dying. While we may not be physically murdering, we are gossiping, being rude, saying hateful things, or having bad attitudes towards the same people who show us love, forgiveness, and compassion. 
We tend to get angry at God, and he has always been the same compassionate, forgiving, merciful Savior he is. In Acts 9, 1 through 2 in the NLT, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation and the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Saul is threatening people and even wanted to kill the people who are following Christ. He is ready to pass the word on to other churches that these people are liars and they do not know what they are talking about. Saul heads towards Damascus and on his way he has an encounter with Jesus. And in Acts 9, 4 through 6, it says, And he fell to the earth and heard the, a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. In this encounter with the resurrected Jesus, I can't help but read at the read at the words that came from Jesus and think, maybe, just maybe, Saul's heart had been pricked before. Could he have been convicted of his ways at one time, yet denied it because it's not what he had believed his whole life? Perhaps he didn't want to change, want to go through persecution. Could he have not wanted to acknowledge that he was wrong? Do we reject the convictions of God because they are inconvenient or because we will have to go have to change because this goes against everything we've been taught? God convicts us not because we are horrible people, but because he wants us to be holy. He wants us and the conviction is only to bring us closer. Can you think of a time that God convicted you and you rebelled against the conviction? How did you feel and how are you handling it now? Saul responds to Jesus by saying, What do you want me to do? He doesn't apologize or beg for forgiveness and ask for mercy. He simply asks what he is to do. He's struck blind, and although his eyes are now open to the truth, he can now, now not physically see where he needs to go. He still needs help getting where God has called him because of the state God put him in. Do not feel less than when you are on your journey because you need help. God wants us to depend on him, whether that be in a relationship with him or through godly counsel. In Acts 9, 15 through 18, it says, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. The Lord proves himself to Saul through Ananias. Saul is healed, receives the Holy Ghost, and is baptized. He stayed with the disciples for a few days and then went to preach the gospel. 
in Acts 9, 20 through 22, it says, But all who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the saint, the, the destroyer of them which called on the name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent, that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is, this is the very Christ. Just because Saul is now saved doesn't mean all of his anger issues don't exist. Saul, now Paul, preaches his first message to the Jews and they did not receive it well. In Acts 13, 44, it says that when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blasphemy. This did not make Paul and Barnabas very happy. And in Acts 13, 46 through 47, it says, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you and judged yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Paul gets upset because the Jews won't listen and basically says, Well, you won't listen, fine. I'll go preach to the Gentiles. Paul gets upset because the Jews... Oh, I read that already. (laughs) Paul, the angry man who persecuted and killed Christians, is the very person God used to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. From this point on, Paul's life will not be easy. He will go on three, three missionary journeys, preaching to anyone who will hear him. These years of his ministry will be spent in and out of prison. All the while, he will write letters to the churches that will forever change how it functions. He ultimately goes back to Jerusalem, where he knows he will eventually be killed. Paul wrote seven letters while imprisoned, writing a total of 13 letters in his lifetime. And some of the quotes from a few of Saul's letters are, Romans 6, 17, but God, thank, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, that ye have obeyed from the heart, that form of doctrine which has delivered you. Romans 7.25 I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord that then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin. 1 Corinthians 15.57 But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 But God commanded his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, or comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. Philippians 4:19. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Jesus Christ Jesus. And if there be any scripture He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt to be true, it is 2 Corinthians 5:17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God said this man is chosen. It did not matter that he would deny Jesus or that he had murdered the same people that tried to bring him the gospel. God has chosen you. God saw each and every single imperfection, every sin and every thought. Nothing is too big for him. Nothing is impossible for him. Paul's issues made him a perfect candidate to show the love of Christ. Everything that has happened in your life is making you a better Christian. The things you view as rotten, dirty, unworthy, or worthless, God looks at them and sees them as clean and worthy of everything he has 
to give. God created you. He knows you. He thought of you as he hung on the cross. You are qualified to be used. And at the end of every lesson, we always ask the same two questions. How do you relate with Paul? And how does Paul help you realize that you can still be used? I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we will see you next week as we go to close out this lesson series. Uh, Thank you for watching. My name is Bailey Romans and this is Breaking Apostolic Taboo. Let's start talking.